0: Here we go. The downward facing spiritual spiral podcast. Yeah, you, you haven't heard my voice in a little while. Although you may have heard my voice on this new song that I released, which I'll get into probably later in another podcast. But yeah, I just released a new song, by the way, on Bandcamp. Check it out, eddiecone.bandcamp.com. Of course, my name is Eddie Cone. I'm going to jump into that song Probably on another podcast, but I'm thrilled you are here. lots going on. I've been slammed busy over the last couple weeks I visited my parents. My dad just turned 80 So I was back East in Ohio for a couple days and I also found out I need to get a root canal done So uh, I'm a little nervous and anxious about that, but that's sort of one of the themes that I want to talk about a little bit today before I get into I actually recorded a monologue where I talked about Eddie Van Halen after he passed away last week. So I'm actually, I recorded it live for Instagram, so you could actually watch the video on Instagram. But I do want to play that clip and then talk a little bit about it afterwards. And probably might talk a little bit about anxiety and, and dying today. Really, really happy thoughts, I know. But I, I promise it's uh, there's, a, there's a method behind the mad- madness here of what I'm talking about. And so, of course, you know, I went on this trip back east to Ohio and, you know, you know, I've been very vocal about the destruction of wearing masks, how I I do believe we are going to be psychologically impacted by these draconian measures the government has instilled upon us over the last six months. I don't see a world where I'm not going to see masks where I go. I, this idea that people are wearing masks outside to me is just—it's it, so confusing to me. It makes no sense. And even today, I read an article on NPR where now the CDC is saying that children actually aren't getting other. I'm suddenly forgetting the word, but getting—it's—it's it's very unlikely that kids are carriers of of COVID. And so I, you know, I went on this trip, and and of course I understand wearing a mask on planes. You know, there's planes are germ infested. I think this is the first time where the public has been subjected to nonstop analysis of a new virus slash infection. This microscopic detailed analysis has probably been going on for years, whether it was HIV some new flu or virus that came out or rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or any other sort of infectious disease that may have hit our world. I'm sure behind the scenes, WHO and the CDC are at work trying to figure out how to find a cure, a vaccine, but nobody ever, you and I never knew about it because the media never talked about it with such immense detail. Dr. Fauci has been part of the epidemiology for the White House for years. But I never knew who the hell Dr. Fauci was up until you know six months ago. I think coupled with social media and this new shift, somehow this became a news story. And I guess this is my point. The media and the government could have made any of these viruses that we've had over the last 15, 20, 30 years a story but they chose not to make it a story. And I don't think this is any worse than all the other viruses that we've had before. The only difference is the nonstop 24-7 analysis of it is really the outcome ultimately is is, it's creating more chaos and more psychological disruption than than we've ever experienced. And I liken it to... You know, I I know, I've spoken to some of my friends who have compared it to the Holocaust. And I know initially a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, you know, how could you compare it to the Holocaust where people actually were put into gas chambers? And that was my response. But my friends would say, no, this is actually worse. Because people don't even realize that they're being killed. I mean, this is such a psychological hijacking. I am beyond shocked at how we've all accepted it. And I think the reason why we've accepted it is because when something is pounded into your head over and over again, you start to believe it. Coupled with human beings' innate response to fear, which is what the media is doing every single day, and also we live in a world that I think is more self absorbed than ever before people are more concerned with their own self-interests and this is sort of the strange it's been manipulated into people's heads where if you wear a mask it's then you're made to believe that you're thinking about others i guess i'm sensitive to all of this for two reasons i'm going to tell you why i've opened up this monologue by talking about this subject you know, I have an immune. And people will say to me, "Gosh, how are? How, why are you not more nervous?" You know, you're you have an immune autoimmune condition, which is true. And and I've worn masks on planes for years. I don't think the world is a better place with more germaphobes and hypochondriacs in it. I don't think the world needs more people like me psychologically, and I say that humbly. I don't think. It's a healthy way to be living in fear. And I already have those tendencies. So I I don't need to go down that rabbit hole even more. I already washed my hands incessantly. I already wore masks on planes even before COVID 19. I already have anxiety issues around my health. So it's, it's, this whole story isn't, it's not going to help it any. And not that I'm running around recklessly. Of course, if I'm in a public place where other people are, I will wear a mask. But I don't think we are really fully understanding the impact psychologically, culturally, when people are forced to wear a mask. you know i know i i could it could seem like i talk about this a lot over the last few months but i don't see how we can just suddenly reverse this path that we've taken over the last 6 months and you know there was there was nobody out there trying to put people at ease. I think, you know, I've got this toothache that I've been dealing with, and I finally found out that I have to get a root canal. And I'm telling you, I am so affected by people's words towards me you know if I was speaking to a woman in in my yoga class and she said oh there's no big deal and I you know I've had a few of them don't worry about it and that 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 influences me that that relaxes me and then I spoke to somebody else who was saying like oh my god it's the worst thing it's a horror story I think we are so sensitive whether we're aware of it or not and I think we are fooling ourselves if we're just going to magically just reverse course and suddenly be comfortable being around one another. I don't see Los Angeles, New York City, big cities ever being the same. I don't see people being comfortable being around one another. And I feel like there's nobody out there, certainly from from the newspapers, the magazines I read, it just feels like they're pounding it over people's heads to keep wearing masks. I mean, I don't even know... I see people just wearing masks while they're walking down the sidewalk, and um, I, I don't know. Is 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 there anybody out there? I don't even know what the rules are anymore. I mean, do we just kind of have to wear them everywhere we go? It's it's crazy. I, I don't know. I can't I can't believe that other artists, other people, other musicians are are questioning what's going on. We just have sort of become mutes and just, I don't know. And then, of course, you know, you read the newspapers where the numbers are increasing, and I don't know, guys. I just, I don't know what to believe. And what really bothers me is, again, this, this phrase, quote-unquote, new normal is thrown around. You know, all these words, you know, surge, carrier, um, there's another one that I heard recently, but I, I, it doesn't matter. Back to my point, you know, and the new normal. These are all phrases and words to make you feel like this is all normal. Wearing masks, social distancing, shutting everything down. This is so far from normal. And it's, it's kind of sad and scary to me. The people of pretty quickly and um, without any sort of defense to it all, just kind of accepted it and said, this is it. This is the new normal. And, and it's really, it, it, it's pretty um, disturbing to me sometimes. You know, And I, I, I say all this with coming from a place of privilege, I have my health, um, I still have a job. I do like where I live here in LA but the world around me I, I just I don't recognize it anymore. The allure of being in LA I, I don't feel it anymore. The world of, of concerts going out, being in public, people I just it it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel normal to me I know everybody says this is the new normal I, it, it feels broken it feels broken and I don't see a fix and I know people come up to me and say you know why don't you offer solutions to social media don't you have a solution for this issue and and sadly, I, I don't. I think with social media, we are all in it for ourselves. I think you need to limit your time on it as much as possible. Get off of there as much as possible. In your free time, don't scroll, don't stare. And now with this pandemic, I, I don't know what to tell you. Because I, I know I've lost friends throughout this time, not not through death, but I know people are are terrified to go out in public and meet me i went to a party a couple weeks ago and i and i know a lot of people would never would never go to a party right now and and i i just i think we have to be so careful even even i see people posting selfies with masks like it's a badge of honor no I, i you know i'm i'm sensitive to the immune system i've worked hard to have a strong immune system i used to get sick pretty regularly as a kid, and then I used to catch a lot of colds, I am convinced the last thing people should be doing is wearing masks. It's not good for the immune system. The reason why my immune system has become so strong is because I exercise every day. I eat well. I take vitamins. I'm in public. You know, I used to be nervous to teach yoga because I was around so many people breathing and Ultimately, I never caught any colds. I think I got one over the last like five years because my immune system got stronger. I liken it to when I was a kid and I was really sick as a, with an autoimmune condition. One of the medications that I had to take was cortisone or steroids. Steroids don't cure the problem. They mask the problem. Ironically, masks Aren't strengthening your immune system. They're making people think they're covered or protected because you see it. You see the mask. You see these stupid freaking plastic dividers at the grocery store or at the pet store, where you know you think, oh, you're safe because this plastic divider is up, or I'm wearing a mask. It's all bullshit, everybody. You are all being tricked and played into thinking that you are safer. By wearing a mask, but more stories come out where these germs are so small that they're going to go right through masks, and it, it's it's absolutely insane to me that we have created a world where wearing a mask is chivalrous, means that you are respectful to other people, that you're thinking of other people. No, you 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 are part of this broken problem where. We have been manipulated and tricked into just staying home, wearing masks, and not putting up a fight. It's it's shocking to me. You know, and I went on a trip back east to Ohio, and, and again, I do understand wearing masks in closed quarters like planes. But but that's about it. And then now you know we've created a world where kids are wearing masks at schools, and they have plastic dividers up at their desks at, at their at their desks in class. I mean, what are the repercussions going to be from that behavior? I, I am scared to think about kids who grew up on cell phones and now grew up through COVID. I can't imagine the psychological impact on their lives and and what type of human being they're going to turn into over the next 20 years. Eddie Van Halen was a huge hero of mine. And I was obviously really upset when he finally passed away about a week ago. And, you know, I'm going to play the audio of the post that I posted on Instagram TV about two weeks ago for you. You could obviously watch the video on my Instagram page. But I think I just, I wanted to preface it by saying somehow I think Instagram and social media have diminished the value of human beings. And this is a really important point of my show. You know, people aren't listening or talking. People are replacing conversations with text and emojis and somehow when people die famous people that people just like run to facebook or instagram and post a photo and say r.i.p this person r.i.p eddie van halen chris cornell prince and i just i just got to a point where i've realized we instagram and social media are just making us lazy it's it's devaluing the preciousness of certain uh, of human beings' lives. I mean, Eddie Van Halen impacted millions of people, and we somehow condense his value into like ten words on Instagram. And I know some of you could say, well, you know, the quantity of people going on to Instagram and saying RIP to Prince or Eddie Van Halen. I just I don't like this world where we're just scrolling through, It's just like a person dies, we go to Instagram, post something, and then the next person dies. It's just like, do we ever really stop and think about how powerful and meaningful some of these people are in our own lives? Do we stop and pay homage to them? And we think we are by posting this silly little post, this silly little post on Instagram or Facebook, but I think we can do much better than that. I think you can listen to Van Halen music over the next like six months and really understand how impactful Eddie Van Halen was. And so I, I wanted to pay a little bit of homage and share a story about how meaningful Eddie Van Halen was on Instagram, or rather I wanted to talk about it on Instagram. So that's what you're going to hear now, the audio portion of my trying to pay a little bit deeper homage towards the life of Eddie Van Halen. I'll be back after you listen to this audio. What What's up, everybody? Um, trying something a little different here. I am recording, I'm going to record this for my podcast for this week, but I also wanted to share a little bit about what I'm thinking about Eddie Van Halen and his death this past week. And I just got off the phone with a buddy of mine, Cameron Morgan. He's an incredible guitar player, so I'm going to have him on my show um, this coming week, and we're going to talk about Eddie and just how much of a hero he was for his guitar playing. Um, And you know, and and this and this is how it relates to social media. And I'm going to up here comes my cat Leo. Leo, what's up? I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, buddy. So, we're going to, by the way, I'm going to have a therapist on the show this week also. I, I love having therapists on the show because it sort of it serves as my therapy. I, I got a lot of compliments, by the way, by, for my tank top and um, button down shirt look. So, I'm going with that again tonight for my IGTV Live. When you're a yoga teacher, you typically don't wear a shirt anywhere you go. But since I also am a musician and a podcaster, I I need to look somewhat professional. Um, Anyway, so back to the reason why I'm doing this. So I have a therapist coming up later this week talking about the impact of tech on her practice. And I'm going to talk to my friend Cameron about the impact of Eddie Van Halen on his life, on his craft as a, as a guitar player. And, and this is how it relates to social media. And this is, I'm going to share a little bit about Eddie Van Halen and the impact he had on my life as a, as a musician. So when Chris Cornell passed away about, and, and excuse me that I speak extemporaneously and and I I don't script anything. and, And I guess it's part of the reason why I like, um, performing as an artist. And part of the reason why I actually like IGTV, there's some spontaneity to it all. Um, So if I say anything that's insane or ridiculous, I, I apologize. But I've noticed something that I didn't like about social media over the last few years. And it was this, when somebody passes away, it feels like everybody just kind of like rushes to social media and does like their RIP Ruth Ginsburg or David Bowie or Prince. And there's some people out there that will sort of like personalize it in some sort of way. Like I remember I was here or there with, with Jeff Buckley or, or whomever. And I don't know, it always sort of, I didn't, I never understood why. It bothered me. I couldn't figure it out. Um, but it always rubbed me the wrong way. And, and again, it wasn't until when Chris Cornell passed away a few years ago, because I was actually, for the first time, feeling like I should post a photo of Chris Cornell, because Chris was like one of my heroes. Um, and I came really close to posting a photo of Chris Cornell and trying to articulate what he meant to me as a as a singer and as a musician. And I ended up not posting it. And I I remember crying like on and off for days. And I listened to Soundgarden Records for days. And I remember listening to Super Unknown and Bad Motor Finger. You know, I I was I had a roommate in college. I swear we'll get to Eddie Van Halen in a second, but Um, yeah, the really quickly, I I don't think we tell as many stories and that's why I want to have my friend Cameron on the show and talk about, you know, how impactful Eddie Van Halen was. But anyway, back to Chris Cornell, just super unknown, bad motor finger. Those are records that I listened to for months on end and just like obsessed over everything they did from, you know, temple of the dog, super unknown, bad motor finger going back to like louder than love. And so when Chris passed away, I, I came close to posting this photo and I did it. And I I realized when Eddie Van Halen passed away that it feels lazy to me like to just post a photo, RIP Eddie Van Halen, RIP Chris Cornell, like in some weird sort of way, it feels like a disservice to how iconic and influential some people are in our lives. And it feels like social media just sort of like speeds everything up and it like, you live, you die, and then, you know, somebody vomits something, And I'm not saying that people's intentions are bad when it comes to social media and posting an RIP to Eddie Van Halen, but I don't think people really stop to think about, like, people's lives are so much more worthy than a quick... Post on Instagram that's gonna get looked at for like five seconds, and then people move on to like the next thing. I mean, I saw it with Ruth Gins, not um, yeah, I saw it with uh, Ruth Ginsburg. I saw it with. I see it with like I just see it all the time. Robin Williams. It's like we just sort of like say something really fast, and I, I think our intentions are good, and and then we just sort of like move on to the next person that dies, and I don't think we really stop and pay homage um, with respect. And, and I realized that, you know, I didn't know Chris Cornell personally. And I didn't know Eddie Van Halen personally. Um, but sometimes people in our lives are like so powerful and so important and so heroic that it just, words in an Instagram post just, demeans it all and I felt like it was important to share this story and I I think Instagram is so clever by the way when they say like you know stories Um, for 24 hours you know you can post an IG story that that hangs out on Instagram for 24 hours and to me stories are like memories of something that you you'll never forget and the irony is is that I don't think I can remember anybody's story that they posted on Instagram over the last two years I don't remember any of them and the story that I'm about to tell you it's not something I'll ever forget and I remember you know I started playing the piano when I was three and I'm a self-taught musician, just like Eddie Van Halen, and, and, which is so, this is so silly, but part of the reason why I liked Eddie Van Halen when I was a kid was because he had the same name as me. His name was Eddie. And it was like, as a kid, I didn't know anybody that was named Eddie. And he was like one of the first. And I was like, holy shit, this really amazing guitar player. Sorry, my, headphone, I, my headphones are making noise. This cool, amazing guitar player has the same name as I do. So it made me feel like I had a cool name. So I played piano from the age of three and self-taught, just like Eddie Van Halen was a self-taught guitar player. Not that I'm anywhere near as talented as Eddie Van Halen was, but um, I didn't know how to read music either. But I, it got to a point around the age of nine or 10 where piano wasn't cool anymore in my, in my mind. Ironically, I play piano now more than almost any instrument, but... I rem- and this was sort of when MTV came around, and I was sort of like at the time into Billy Joel and I'm trying to think of other piano pop artists back then. I, I liked Earth, Wind & Fire a lot, um, but then all of a sudden I saw Jump for the first time on MTV, and... I was like, holy shit, what what is it? what is that? Like, like I didn't even know. I saw him playing a piano, but it was actually a keyboard and and it, it was making a different sound. And so it sort of I remember trying to mimic and play like the piano that he played on jump. And then suddenly piano was cool to me. And and then I remember going to the record store and buying hold on, it says it said, bad communication, I'm back. And I remember going to the record store and buying 1984 and then listening to the record. And then I just tried to teach myself how to play the piano. And then one of my friends was a drummer. And so I started to really get into the drums because at the around the same time, I got really sick as a kid and missed a lot of school. And so then I started picking up the drums. My parents went out and bought me a drum set. And so then my my love for sort of piano then turned into drums. I was sort of like this naturally gifted drummer. I just sort of picked it up. And then I became obsessed with Alex Van Halen and the drumming of like on 1984. And I didn't care that David Lee Roth left the band because I just, actually, I thought Sammy Hagar was a cooler lead singer than... Uh, David Lee Roth. So for for like the next six years, I just was going down the rabbit hole of Van Halen and, and like drumming every song and learning to play the drums for every Van Halen song. And Alex Van Halen became sort of a hero of mine. And I remember going to college and my freshman year, I took a music appreciation class and everybody sort of like picked these like concertos like by Chopin or Beethoven or something. And it's sort of like as a song that you would study and, and try to understand music theory. And I remember picking the song right now by Van Halen off of "For unlawful carnal knowledge. And my teacher was like, you can't do that. You can't pick a Van Halen song. And then, so I played it for him and then he understood why I picked it because it's actually this really dynamic, interesting, unique song that isn't just like a pop song. There's this amazing piano riff going on. And I taught myself how to play that. And I guess my point here, and I've got one other little story that's to me really cool about Van Halen. Um, So I had never seen Van Halen in concert but I remember going to college my freshman year. And actually I think Darren Campbell, he was there and Louis Estrada and Bert, Ben Hirschfeld. I remember my first week at college, I went into the, went onto the newspaper or something and saw that Van Halen was playing at the Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa in Orange County. And I was like, Darren, we've got to freaking go to Van Halen. And so I told all the guys like in my dorm, we're, we're going to Van Halen. And This other guy's roommate, Carter Carter from Seattle, he's like, I fucking can't stand Sammy Hagar. I'm not going to Van Halen. And then he then he sees in the in the ad that Allison Chains is opening for Van Halen. And I didn't know who Allison Chains was, but he he said, I'm fucking going to the concert, not not because of Van Halen, but because of Allison Chains. And I'm like, who's Allison Chains? So I remember riding in the car on the way to the concert. And Carter's playing Alice in Chains for me, and I didn't know anything about Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden at the time uh, because they really weren't big. But then, so then that opened up this door of Alice in Chains, and so I remember going to the concert and just being blown away by Alice in Chains, and like that took me down a whole other world of of music, and so I guess. My point here is, as I tell you this story about Eddie Van Halen and then Alice in Chains, you know, I, I I see these RIP posts on Instagram and it just, it feels like this sort of music video that just like goes by, you see it and then you move on to the next thing. It feels like, you ever see Natural Born Killers, the Oliver Stone film, where it's sort of like this bombardment of information that just sort of like comes at you and you don't ever really digest any of it. And I think my last point here before I let you go. I'll never forget when Kurt Cobain died. I remember driving to work. Actually, I had an I was an agent assistant at an agency in Burbank and I I think I just got a cell phone and my my college roommate Ed he called me I was driving, I don't, you know, I shows you how much I remember that um, day because I'm, I'm actually getting choked up. But I remember my roommate calling me and saying like, holy shit, Kurt Cobain died. And like, I'll never forget that because we lived through it like for months. There were no distractions. Um, there was no social media. All there was was like you living with that emotion of, holy shit, this like amazing person passed away. And I guess um I want to, I sort of want to stop that, that this trend of people dying and like we just post something very, again, I'm, I'm sure the intentions aren't bad, but it feels so minis, minuscule compared to... The impact that some of these people have on our lives—like I've lost—and they're not even like my family members, but like Elliot Smith, Jeff Buckley, uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, and now Eddie Van Halen. Um, like th- these are some of my heroes, like greatest heroes, um, and they're just—they're just gone, and it's just like really sad. So. I felt like I needed to talk to somebody because actually Cameron, my last point here before I let you go, I keep saying that, uh, he wrote this actually thoughtful, he actually wrote a thoughtful post on Facebook of, of all the people that are out there that just like R.I.P. Eddie or R.I.P. Chris Cornell or R.I.P. whomever, like it happens all the time. It just feels like a vacuum where we're not really honoring these people. And, and and I don't feel like we're stopping and really living with it. And it's because of our phones. It's because of being distracted. It's because of the onslaught of information that just like is bombarded towards us every single day. And I, I that's why stories are so powerful because they connect us with our past. They connect us with, the value of these people in our lives—they um, connect us with to memories, like story, Instagram stories. We don't remember them; they, they're they're just like these fleeting things that don't exist. But the story I told you, uh, there's even more to it. But I don't want to bore you because um, then even the rabbit hole of like my of Alice in Chains led to other stories and I ended up going to like five or six Van Halen concerts over the next few years. And I, I just was obsessed. Um, so I lost my point, but I just felt it was important to try and capture some of the power that, that some human beings can have on our lives. And, and, and to me, Eddie Van Halen, uh, I, I, I'm, was one of them. And I think the beauty of, of Eddie Van Halen also is that he's like, he wasn't just a rock star. He, he wrote these amazing melodies and, uh, he played amazing rhythm. And, and I, I want to dive in deeper with my friend Cameron this week. So I'm going to have him on the show and we're going to, because Eddie also like made guitars and, uh, and Cameron like builds pedals and, and there's like all these intricacies that craft and artists, do that we don't really think about, but I do because I, I, I'm inspired by that kind of stuff. So um, my cat Leo's looking at me. So anyway, I, I just felt like it was important to share what I'm going to talk about this week. I also spent the whole day or a lot of the day mixing my record and I just realized the reason why I love music so much is because of people like, um, Eddie Van Halen, Jimmy Page. And, and I wonder if those types of people exist anymore, where they like literally influence millions of boys and girls to like play the guitar, you know, play the piano. Um, I I just, I feel like the rabbit holes now are like people are spending hours just like on nonsense on Instagram. and And to me, the rabbit hole of like musicianship and artistry of, of Eddie Van Halen and the way he plays is just so interesting. So yeah, there you go. That's the audio of me talking about Eddie Van Halen on IGTV. Of course, you can watch the video as well if you head over to my uh, Instagram page. But it's funny. I, I, I'll personalize this, and then I'll let you go. I, I just released the first single from my upcoming record. You know, you can head over to eddiecone.bandcamp.com com to listen by it and I think it's these these songs are the best songs that I've ever sung and written and, and produced you know I've been I've been doing this music I've been pursuing music and and writing and singing songs for years and it's so much fun and I love to sing it, it relaxes me it, it produces this energy in my body that I can't explain. It's just it's it's so enjoyable. It's it's I feel most connected to the joyful elements of of who I am. People like Prince, Madonna, Eddie Van Halen, Chris Cornell, Kurt Cobain, these are people that didn't care about followers. They didn't care about critics. They just followed their passion and their dream to sing and dance and play guitar. And they just didn't give a fuck about what people thought and their followers. And, you know, I, I have been emailing PR companies because I want to do a little PR push for my music. And and I emailed this company, and they they got back to me, and they said, you know, we want to hear your song. And I sent them the song, and then they said, you know, we want to see your Instagram handle. And I, I wrote them back, and I probably came across as an asshole. I was like, why do you need my Instagram handle? What, what does that even matter? And he wrote back something like, well, you know, we want to see how the song connects with your Instagram page. And I'm just like, fuck that. That's just, it's just, irrelevant. Music and art used to control and shape our culture. But that's not happening anymore. Technology is shaping the culture. Technology is shaping the way artists create. Technology is the reason why it may be easier to write a song and produce a song because for two 300 dollars we all have like Apple Logic and GarageBand. Band. But there's a reason why the content overall isn't very good, because it takes hours upon hours upon hours, years, to get really great at the guitar or producing songs. And all of these devices make people think that it's really easy, that anybody can do it. But there's a reason why there's you know one Madonna, one Prince, one Eddie Van Halen, one Chris Cornell. I mean, these people they're impossible to replicate because they're geniuses, they're unique. They worked for years, hours to hone their craft. And tech and social media has disrupted that entire flow of creativity. Artists are no longer in control of the narrative of our culture. And that's, to me, The biggest issue, one of the biggest issues of the world you and I live in today. How to get people to care about anything, (laughs) especially besides like Cardi B, who just rips off her clothes and talks about her private parts. I mean, that is what's getting attention these days in the art world, in the music world. We have dwindled our culture down to a woman singing about her ass, and that's getting millions of likes. I mean, what type of culture is that influencing? And I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago at a party, and you know, people are creating because in a way where they know that there's dwindling attention spans. And people don't have the patience to sit through a record. Spotify wants artists to release music like every month or two. People don't even want to buy music anymore. You know, it, it's it's to me, art and creativity and music, it used to influence and get people to care and get people behind something. I mean, I think about Woodstock, I think about grunge, I think about hip hop in the nineties. I mean it it shaped cultures. And now it's just tech tech is shaping culture, but turning people into indifferent uncaring robots. And it's a huge problem. You know, people aren't telling stories. People aren't pursuing their craft. Right now, millions of people are scrolling or concerned about some TikTok or Instagram video that they want to post on their Instagram page. That is more important than anything else right now. And I think it's another part of the reason why I think we, so many millions of people have just sort of like accepted our fate and we should just stay home and wear a mask. Because to get people to care and to get change requires people to actually like get their face out of their phone, take a stance and, and get passionate about something. And that's not happening anymore. So it's, it's a huge shift. I think this is all related Technology, social media have both really changed the shape of our culture, the way we respect artists, the way we care about our culture. It's um, a huge mountain to climb. And and honestly, I, I really feel like the only solution is for just Instagram, Facebook to just go away. Something needs to happen where those platforms... Are destroyed, and we sort of just start all over again and rewire our brains, recalibrate, reprioritize what's most important. And I I know people say, well, the pandemic has, has changed my priorities. Well, sadly, it's actually brought people more towards technology, even more so than ever before. So appreciate you listening today. Sort of a longer episode with me just talking, but um, I, I, I thought I had some interesting points to make today. I've got a great conversation with my friend Cameron Morgan. He's a, he's a guitar player. I'm Still editing that, and I've been just I've been really busy with music lately. So a lot of more a lot more a lot more music related pursuits happening in my life right now. So the podcast has sort of been moved to the side just a little bit, but I'll, I'm still here. Still have some other guests lined up in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, if, if you enjoy the show, head over to iTunes, give it a review. Head over to patreon.com backslash Cone. You could support the show directly there. Give it a review on iTunes. And also music-wise, you can support me by heading over to eddiecone.bandcamp.com and purchase my latest single. As always, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.